Well, hello, Cole. Well, hello. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. It was a good weekend, kind of. Very interesting weekend, anyway. For who? Uh, for everyone. All parties. Oh, oh. You mean the race. I f- for a minute there, I forgot this was a motorcycle podcast. <laughs> Not just the race, but yeah. No, I mean, uh, MotoGP, which is great. Round four, final round, USBA, and JK Moto stable updates. And plans for the future. Should we roll the intro? Let's roll the intro and I'll get this background figured out. Yesterday at one point, I was in six. back and we're live never gets old right i hope not i mean like so realistically right a podcast is supposed to like we're supposed to have like a welcome back to jk moto the coolest motorcycle podcast in the world this week we're gonna talk about motorcycle things because we ride motorcycles stay tuned roll the intro right like that there should be something like that every time but we just kind of like hey hello and then we roll into it all weird, but our intro is pretty cool. So maybe that keeps people around. Hey, how are you? Yeah, the intro is cool. I was in six once. Yesterday, at some point. At one point, yeah. some point. At one point, I was in. Sixth. At one point. Speaking of sixth, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Sixth, uh, sixth. Well, first. What the? F- <laughs> My brain was trying to find, somehow relate sixth. Speaking to of something. sixth, first. Well, so I was going to talk about regearing motorcycles for a second. But um Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Because I need to regear everything that. I own. So arguably, I would think that uh the forums and the YouTubes and the probably podcasts and the racers and everyone in the world would tell you if you haven't regeared your motorcycle, it's something you should definitely consider. Which, to be fair, is probably pretty true. Oh, devil's advocate, or should you? Let's start here. The problem mm-hmm. is that motorcycles nowadays they have to get with all this Euro five trash going on. You mm-hmm. have to do everything you can to get the fuel mileage you need and the da 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 in order for them to be able to sell them. So they gear those things as high as they can possibly make you not disgusted with your new fresh motorcycle. True for fuel mileage, mm-hmm. and then you know all the other things that happen, like the Fireblade, arguably one of the coolest motorcycles to come out in the sport bike world. You know, the, talking about the R, 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 R. Yeah, the pirate bike. I yeah, mean, awesome, okay. awesome bike, right? And it's the extreme. I've I think never it's ridden one. Well, I think it's the extreme <laughs> example, though, of a bike that apparently needs highly modified just to get it to do what it does in Europe already. Yeah. Um, yeah. The BMW is not an exception. It cost me an exhaust. And a full tune mm-hmm. just to cut all the crap out of it and get it to where it. And you didn't even get a full exhaust, if I remember right. I used the ac- I used the silencer off the acropovic that came on it, but I put okay. a full header and mid pipe. Mm-hmm. Did you buy a new? Did it come with a silencer? or You only bought header and mid pipe. I only bought header and mid pipe. Okay, gotcha. Came from the factory with the acropovic, so a crap of it. Hadn't left that on there, but. How do you say it? Is it Akropovic or is it Akropovic? The the second one, Akropovic. But which one is it actually? Akropovic. Where is where are they from? I want to know where they're from. Well, if you Google it, it's like Eastern. It's an Eastern Bloc country. Akropovich. I can't remember which one. 
I don't even know how to spell it. Oh, I was so close. Slovenian. Slovenian? Yeah. Yep, that one. Slo- where is Slovenian? Where, where is that? It's an Eastern Bloc country, so... Not the COVID? UP? Not, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's it's not the... Uh... Is it Slovakia? Sure. Is that the country? Yeah. Is that a, is that a country? I'm sorry to any of our Slovakian listeners, but... Yes, it's a country. Know. It's a country that makes Akrapovic. Slovakia. Slovakia. So they had some real demand issues during COVID because that country was shut down and then it never got any better when the Ukraine thing fired off. So, gotcha. Oh, yeah. They're right between uh, Chechia and Hungary. Budapest. Krakko. Yeah, those Vienna. were. But Vienna somehow. is in Italy, isn't it? Yes. But somehow we were okay. talking about gearing and you're doing a geography lesson on Eastern Bloc countries now. Or, hey, this is a motorcycle podcast. So that's totally related. So we talked about Italy. That's motorcycle related. Gearing. Yeah, sorry. Okay, gearing. What do you want to know? What, what do you mean, what do I want to know? What do you want to know? I've you geared start- more bikes than you have. You started it. Well, yeah. So, I mean, we were talking earlier about the uh, and white, li- pardon, white lightning. Pardon my friends, but that, that you've geared more bikes than me comment is bullshit. Bullet bikes. That might be true. Japanese bullet bikes. Suzuki yeah. Jixers. Yeah, that might be true. I've been that, gearing that stuff. True. I've been gearing stuff since before you was born, boy. Well, hang on. Okay, you can't go calling yourself old and use it as an advantage at this point. Yeah, I can. I got to use it when I can. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, regearing. I think. So why do we regear, Easton? Why would you want to regear your bike? Is the cheapest and quickest way to change the power delivery profile of your motorcycle. How about that? That'll work. That Make track. it sound kind of smart and cool. Uh, regearing. A lot of people would tell you that if you buy a gear, buy a chain. If you buy a chain, buy both sprockets. So, if you're buying sprockets, you're supposed to buy a set because they wear together. And so, if you throw a brand new sprocket on an old chain, your old chain is going to be used to your old sprocket teeth and wear the new one faster. Yeah, but we don't honestly care about any of that. Yeah, who cares? Maybe it wears faster. Make sure you have the right pitch chain matched to the sprocket. Yeah, that would be important. Yeah. That's the most also, important part. I do have to put a plug out. Um, I've definitely sprung a chain because I didn't check on my sprocket back when I was a young, squidly motorcycle rider, if you will. Uh, and, and yeah, I flung a chain off off the back of the bike because my rear sprocket didn't really have teeth left on it, uh, which landed me buying a new swing arm and a new chain and sprockets. So, and a rear sprocket carrier. So, um, if you haven't checked your sprocket in a while, there's your, your reason to go do that. If you're a good motorcycle rider, caretaker person, you probably lube and clean your chain plenty often, and you don't have that issue. But just a friendly little warning yeah. slash reminder. I mean, you should you. always clean your chain when you buy the bike and then when you sell it. Yeah, at least. At least. Man, this is taking us back to like the first... The first episode ever. I think that's the last time we talked about regearing a bike. Well, you took us down this path. I mean, if we're talking about, it, it, you're talking about going to the track. That's the cheapest thing you can do. Biggest bang for your buck. If you buy yeah, a used absolutely. bike, it needs new sprockets anyway. Just ignore those, throw them in the garbage, and put something good on it. Yeah. So let's uh, let's start with chain. Before we get into gears, let's talk about weight. So motorcycle is so lightweight. Many of you may already know this. I get that, but I want to talk about it anyway because it's one of my favorite things to explain. But a motorcycle is so lightweight that weight changes make a big difference, right? Especially, especially a, a sport especially bike. Especially rotating weight. Yeah, especially rotating weight. Rotating mass, as they call it, because, I don't know, they want to sound more scientific. If you reduce the rotational mass 
on your motorcycle, specifically if you're talking for like more power or acceleration or speed or whatever, the rotating mass of the rear wheel, which the engine rotates, the engine has to do less work. Therefore, will have the effect of more horsepower in the amount of power you actually get, I guess. Maybe that's a bad explanation. No, fair enough. I haven't had to correct you yet. Keep going. So, uh, easiest ways to do that would be to get a lighter wheel. But that's ridiculous. So, instead of that, <laughs> you can get a lighter rear sprocket, i.e. aluminum instead of steel. And you could get a lighter chain, i.e. change your chain pitch, as you were talking about earlier. So most, I think, sport bikes, I, I, in my small experience, come with a 525 generally. A lot of people almost immediately go out and buy a 520 chain, whether it's because the internet told them to or their best buddy told them to or the bike already had it on it because the last guy that had it did that. And we're uh, telling you to now. Yeah, you should. Yeah, just go ahead and do it. It's worth it. Um, unless you just barely put a new 525 on, whatever. But I can tell you from personal experience, it definitely does make a difference. Uh, not like huge. You're not going to... If you go same, we'll get into sprocket sizes in a bit. If you go same sprocket size and just go 520, not going to see a huge difference, but definitely a little bit. You can tell if you paid close attention. And then if you go aluminum rear sprocket, even less rotating mass, you can tell a little more. That's they make like of strength, longevity, yeah, and possibly longevity. longevity. I'm not so sure on the longevity. I don't know if I agree with that one yet, but strength absolutely because you cannot. Uh, you, I'm sure you could. But in general, you won't buy an aluminum front sprocket because they're too small. They would blow up. And that's where all the torques felt. So not good. But anyway, that's rotational mass. They also make lightweight brake rotors. You could get carbon fiber wheels. Uh, if you put a lighter wheel on the front, you will brake a little faster and be more agile at the uh, expense of not feeling as planted, I think. Question mark? From what I've read. Never done it, so I don't know. But that's what I've read on that. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> What the hell? Okay, what? continue. What, what no, do you just, mean? just just keep going. Just I'm keep speaking going. mad truth. This is motorcycle gospel coming out of my mouth right now. Motorcycle gospel. We'll preach, preach, brother, preach. All right. Well, the other best way to get horsepower, quick, easy, and cheap. Uh, easy is a, I'll put that in quotations because you probably might need some tools that you may or may not have, and maybe a friend and. A front sprocket change is not like the easiest thing in the world. Come Rear on. sprocket and chain, not bad. But I'm just saying like the bolt size in there sometimes can be really weird. Okay, fair enough. You might. And if you, you disconnect your chain before you do it, you can't just put it in gear and put the rear brake on to keep it from rotating. Okay, continue with sprocket sizes, please. Anyway, when I first got my Jixxer way back in the day, I read that uh, a down one up two and that thing will be a rocket. You'll love that. Good luck keeping that thing on the ground, son. That's insane. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Down one, maybe, but plus two in the rear also? Squid boy! Uh, yeah, well, and then I counted the teeth on my sprockets, and turns out I was down one up two on a 520 chain. So I was at, like, the maximum recommended for a street-going bike. This dude was just like, this thing needs to go quicker. And it was a 750 Jixxer, so already super fast, right? Just from factory, they just come like that. Oh, for the Lord. And so I was like, dude, I'm I'm freaking awesome. I've got a rocket ship. And then fast forward to chain flies off the back. That was really cool. Broke awesome. the swing arm, put all the new stuff in. The new stuff I got was a 525, right? That brings us to episode number one of this podcast when I talked about how I went to back to a 520, a better chain, mostly wanted a chain upgrade to one of the less rotational mass. Went to an aluminum sprocket, back down to stock gear in the rear and just down one up front, but also added a quick turn throttle, which... 
I think we can both say is like those things are sweet. You should get one. You we'll should get a review one. out. I, on I, it. I missed the hell out of mine this weekend, but you like you 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 feel one. And you're like, man, that that seems pretty cool. And then you get one. And you're like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's not bad. And then you go back and you're like, bro, <laughs> like, yeah, how did I live yeah. without that? Yeah, that's the problem. You get used to it, and then, like you said, when you backpedal and get on a standard bike, and you're like, why do they even make them that way? Because nobody's arm turns that far. Yeah, I mean, you go from having to do like the grab, pinch, reach around, re-grab, and full turn just to get a full throttle to just... I mean, you might still be extending your wrist out a little bit depending on how your hand placement was in the beginning, but very worth it. Quick turn throttles, worth it. Look into it. We'll put a video out. Beyond that, back to uh, sprockets. 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 Yeah. So I was 525 down, one up two. Went to a 520 aluminum rear stock with a minus one up front. Best thing I ever did, I think. Uh, put me about similar, but a little bit better. Acceleration was there, but I also... The thing is, so when you go shorter down in the front and up in the rear, you're making your chain shorter. I want to say, I don't remember. I don't like the science of it is weird, but down in the front and up in the rear will give you acceleration. Just down in the front will give you acceleration. Just up in the rear will give you acceleration. Any combination of that will give you acceleration. It's, it's not the chain shorter. It's the, the drive ratio. Yeah. The drive ratio from okay. the front to the back. Sorry. Yeah. So being dumb. your rear tire turns faster with the front sprocket turning the same amount rear tire turns more with the front sprocket sprocket turning the same amount or less yeah and at the sacrifice of what top speed right so if you want acceleration and you gear down you lose top speed you gain acceleration you lose top speed the reason i went back to a down over stock down one up front over stock in the rear is because i was kicking your you know what because your bike wouldn't go down damn straight anymore yeah because we went to like portland and utah and I was on the front straight in sixth gear at 15,000 RPM, just like doing everything I could to not bounce off the rev limiter by the end of it. And I was like, okay, that's a little like, I mean, those are some long straights. Don't get me wrong, but like, that's a little much. I went back closer to stock gearing and lightened everything up. And I definitely have the same acceleration now, if not better. And I should have a better top speed. Haven't taken the bike back to either of those tracks yet to find out, but we'll get there one day. But I can tell you, that, I mean, it feels like it, like in, in Georgia, you could argue that straight's pretty pretty freaking long and i i don't even know if i got into sixth honestly so to sum that up yeah that was a little long-winded sorry yeah for all you guys first time going to the track you just bought a sport bike and you're trying to do a performance mod mm -hmm. before the exhaust before the quick turn throttle before everything every used bike you buy needs a new chain and sprocket anyway sure. every i mean it's good practice it's the what a vortex kits what 180 bucks or less uh, for, yeah i think so for sprockets chains the whole works for your yeah. bike i'll look it up honestly yeah well it's like anywhere from 150 to 180 i'm sure but that's the biggest bang for your buck you can get get your bike to pull out of the corners a little faster 210 190 for an r6 on what website i mean i can't take this biden inflation anymore these are all on sport bike track here well have to try Amazon. No offense, sport bike, but yeah, Vortex is great. Uh, I run a different chain. I don't know exactly why I did. I went with the DID. They're like cool heavy, he heavy duty racing chains or something like that. Yeah, you do get. But Vortex gives you some cool stickers too, especially if you're in Utah. Go down to their store. They got some cool stickers. I think I. Oh yeah, I'm running their tire warmers, tire warmers, and a rear sprocket. And I've got a massive Vortex sticker on my trailer. That is true. I thought your trailer was made by Vortex. It's so big. <laughs> I don't know if it's that big. I, 
I think somebody asked me that once. Who makes Vortex trailers? <laughs> I don't know. When I pulled up to when I pulled up to grab my Honda XL six hundred, like pulled up to the guy's house with the trailer, and he's like, "Oh, do you race or something? Are you sponsored?" I was like, "Um, nah, not really. Kind of. I mean, I do track days." He's like, "Damn, dude, that's so cool. That's awesome." I was like, "Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah. It's cool to be cool." Well, let's talk about the let's talk about the new. There's a new stable edition. I hear. The new stable edition. But da, 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 da. Do you want me to bring up a picture of it that isn't a picture of it? Yeah, let's do it. Twenty third. We're gonna do the drum roll. Yamaha. New stable edition. Hurry, it's my hands It's a Yamaha. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hurry, hang hurry, on. hurry, uh, hurry. It's it's a Yamaha FC six R. Boom! Right there. That's it. And it's literally like same color scheme and everything, except that the mirror's <laughs> kind of fallen off a little bit. And there's some Easy. scratches here. Easy. Easy. It's, it's pristine. It's pristine. It will be. I mean, the mirror just needs tightened. We, have, are... we have in the stable a 2014 Yamaha. What? FZ6R. FZ6R. For those <laughs> that can't handle an R6. <laughs> ain't that the truth who knows well that um, and the, you are six people out there that are listening my gosh you're driving the prices up what happened did the used oh, market they're, change they're expensive everybody everybody wants you know two gold nuggets and your firstborn for an r6 right now yamaha ought to think about making those again apparently people don't like those r7s as much as they're telling us since uh, everybody's trying to buy r6s weird well, I mean, that brings up the whole uh, R6 track edition with the R1 suspension straight from yeah, Yamaha. Right. You know, I talked to some at the track this weekend, actually. I mean, we don't need to get into all that right now, but I I talked to a few people that told me why that was a bad purchase. Resale value? Uh, resale value was something I brought up in the conversation that didn't come up from anybody else, but okay. just talking about the amount of money it takes to take a off the use shelf r6 and make it just as good as that bike is considerably cheaper than buying the one from yamaha that has some things you would still want to change according to the r6 people interesting but does, does the one from yamaha have clutchless up and down shifting as far as i know that's all i really wanted it for <laughs> perfect rev matching what oh. was what 12 7 yeah so I, those the bikes, last one the last one we seen race ready was the R6s I'm seeing locally, they're selling them for more than they were new. Yeah, like 16, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Look, man, you go buy a used bike at $17,000, you'll still spend less than buying a brand new bike ready to go exactly how you want it for twelve seven. I promise. Yeah, the only downside is exactly what you hit on. That's, that's one thing that's always in the back of my mind. If you're a serious racer, you can do this for the rest of your life. No doubts about it. Who mm -hmm. cares if the thing has a title? Right. But you are seriously limiting your resale value buying a bike like that because only the people that are going to the race are going to be interested. Yep. So that's the that's the chance to take. Which the only thing I don't get about it is why does Yamaha not give you some sort of title? Is there no vehicle identification number on them? No, uh, they can't be registered for street, so they don't have a regular title because of that. But do you still get a title like a bill of sale? You get a. I'm trying to remember what it's called. You get a proof of sale or you get something that says it's yours hmm. unlike some of the 
wink wink track bikes i see out there yeah that don't have titles <laughs> yeah yeah uh, we won't get into that yeah. i still i still don't know though because in general from what i've seen geez but a title costs you a thousand bucks yeah on, if you pay on your used price on your used price of motorcycles, a titleless bike will be about a thousand dollars cheaper than a titled bike. Yeah, I mean, when you buy a bike, you have to, in order to get the title put in your name, you got to go pay the sales tax and register it and all that kind of good stuff. And mm -hmm. depending on the price of the bike, that's easy a thousand bucks. Yeah. Well, anyway, we were talking about getting an R6, and then we happened upon this FZ6R, which is uh, way better than the R6, since we're into making enemies here. <laughs> You are again. Let me stress. You are. I'm not. I'm everybody. I'm just player. kidding. I don't think anyone could argue that it's way better than R6. Uh, I think a lot of people could argue it's a better beginner bike, right? Uh, right. Which is why Yamaha built it. It's got handlebars. It's got fixed pegs. Adjustable seat height. Fixed position. Adjustable seat height. So from whatever everything I've heard is that it's an R6 engine just tuned down, and I don't know. You get the power sooner, basically. Yeah, for street use, so you don't yeah. have to rev it out to the sixteen grand. Yeah, but it still revs pretty high. It's not like uh, I would argue it could be better than the R7. Besides the well, R7 setup with clip-ons and whatnot. Honestly, it's an early version of an R7. Yeah, it's a first attempt of an R7. Yeah. So what are we gonna do with it? Uh, are we well, we... the audience because I'm gonna I'm gonna take a rubber mallet and I'm gonna beat the tank flat so that I can do serious street squid tricks on it. I was gonna put dirt tires on it. Dirt tires? Well, yeah. we could do both. We could do dirt tires and stunts. Dirt tires and stunts. <laughs> dirt stunts? Dirt stunts. Dirt stunts. <laughs> You're on to something right there. there dirt, stunts. dirt stunts. Yeah, because no one's done that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't even know motorcycles could go off-road. Yeah. Had no idea. Weird. Uh, but, uh, but what are we going to do with it? I don't know. I think for now we're going to stick some uh, some new tires on it, make sure everything checks out, put some tape on the headlights, and see what she'll do around a racetrack. See if we can crash it? Maybe. I mean, from the forums I was reading, a lot of people were like, this is terrible. But a lot of other people were like, just let it be what it is, and you'll actually really enjoy it. Realize that you're not going to keep up with R1s and R6s, but let her ride in her class that she belongs, and you'll be good. And I don't mean like the class of your track day. I just mean the understand the bike for what it is tell me one more time what that thing's called because i can't remember the whole yamaha alphabet well so yamaha r6 is a yzf r6 or yzf r1 this is an fz6 r okay we're gonna take the fz6 r and we're gonna do some sweet reviews so watch for that yep we're gonna do some track reviews maybe some street reviews maybe i'm gonna beat the tank down with a rubber mallet and do some Stunts I, and go to the hospital, and then I, I might. And the you hear you're not just, beating the tank down without no, me. No, no, no. I was gonna say, as far as a street review, I think our our goal here for the review of this bike would be: is this a good first time bike, and is this a good track bike? Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, maybe depending on you guys, what you want or what we want, who knows? Down the line, we might do some crazy things with it and uh, go Yamaha's version of a SV650 track bike. Thing, maybe if you want to see an extended swing arm a dirt tire and a pounded gas tank all you got to do is make a comment saying so and i will make that happen for you we will go race it against a thousand horsepower uh sand uh i will take this thing razor. i will race Polaris it against razor. the twin turbo celine mustang if you ask me to do it okay all right well that's better than i was thinking i was thinking we'd 
put a paddle tire on the back of it and race it against a. I will take it. I will take razor. it to sand dunes with a paddle tire and smoke every Honda CRF 450 out there. <laughs> that would actually be pretty fun, and it might be. I a mean, good we're for game it. for whatever. All you got to do is put comments what you want yeah. to see. We'll make Let it happen. Know. Let us know. Hit us up in the comments or at JK Moto Podcast on Instagram. You can DM us there. Uh, let us know what you got. I'll I'll throw a picture of it up so you guys can comment on the picture too. But uh, yeah, watch for JK Moto's first Yamaha experience. Yeah. <laughs> to be to be fair, I think we need to announce that. All we're right, not... moving on next. What do you want to talk about? What do I have? I was going to announce something and you just cut me off. Um, well, it's because I don't want the audience to know, but I think there's some Wi-Fi problems. You're glitching out every once in a while. But go ahead. No, that's terrible. Um, so I missed I missed what you said. Please, please make. Well, that anyway, note. I was just going to say that I think we should let people know that we're not necessarily Yamaha fans, born and raised. So, hey, I have some Yamaha friends. They'll be mad at me. So, just keep that to yourself. Don't drag me into your game. I am not a Yamaha fan, born and raised. Although I have always liked DR1 and its sound, until I sat on one, and then I didn't like it anymore. Uh, you got to quit trying to make everybody mad. We are lovers of motorcycles. Yeah, we are. Yeah, but I'm going to be honest. I mean, I'm not going to come out and say I love every bike, but I am going to come out and say that we're working towards trying every bike so we can have some <laughs> real honest opinions for you guys. And I, I understand an FZ6R is not the place to try a Yamaha, and you guys will kill us if we only base yeah. our Yamaha opinions yeah. off that. But We just tried the best Yamaha ever manufactured from... The Yamaha factory. Yeah. And it was and it was garbage. <laughs> that would piss some R1 guys uh, off. Yeah, it would. That'd be great. That is the new stable update. We talked about sprockets. Where do you want to go? Did you have an announcement, you said? Or was that No, it? that wasn't. I just wanted to let everyone know that we aren't necessarily Yamaha fans. Oh. So we had to wave a banner for that? Well, I was Okay. You know Sorry. You're going to run out of motorcycles pretty soon. You've bagged on Cowie. You've bagged on Ducati. You're bagging on Yamaha. Yeah. Suzuki's not only going to be making bikes in two more years. So then what are you going to do? Bring back Suzuki. <laughs> I'm just saying, better be careful. I'm holding on to Suzuki, Aprilia, BMW. Thank you. Thank I, you. I do like their bikes. I had some small issues with yours, but I was trying to be very nitpicky on a $20 billion machine, <laughs> rocket ship of the future, whatever you want to call it. Uh, my uh, issues were very superficial with that bike. Like I, I rode hey. your bike and I was like, this is amazing. But, oh man, these things, they would not stop me from buying one and absolutely enjoying it. They're just the slight little things I noticed that were strange to me. Well, so I'll give strange things on a BMW. BMW sure. And I, I, I feel like we, as a collective, want to hang on to Honda mm -hmm. as like our last ditch effort for the best motorcycle ever. Who knows? But we're hanging on to it for now. Yeah, someone donate us a hunt. No, I'm just kidding. We don't want to donate a Honda, but well, kind of. Uh, I mean, we, I mean, we'll take one. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we start with USBA round four? All right, all right. Before we move into MotoGP, let's let's talk about what transpired in the weekend. Okay, I wasn't there, so go. <laughs> I mean, basically, I wasn't there, so go. Well, well what is what's a yeah? What is that behind you there? What is that? There's another one. They're multiplying. They're multiplying. You know, we're going to turn into those. If I start racing, we're going to turn into that podcast that's just old racers that weren't really that great and think <laughs> they know everything. Uh, I'm already there, buddy. Oh. So 
Oops. USBA 4 happened. The Utah Superbike Association had their fourth and final round of the year this past weekend. On the West, again. On the West track, again. So we are getting, uh, from the new management, we're getting a lot of promises. Promises. Yeah. Maybe not promises, but inklings. Hopes and dreams. Hopes and dreams. Actually, I don't know. I want to talk about that because maybe some listeners out there can convince me. Some of you local guys out there, if you can DM me or put some comments in this and let me know what your thoughts are. The proposal for next year is back to a full schedule. Great. I agree completely. Back to a full schedule, which is six rounds normally. Okay. Yep. Okay. We've had air fence issues. I'm just going to put out here, if anybody wants to help them out, the USBA, if you go to the website, Utah Superbike Association, there's a link on there for they're taking donations for air fence. They've partnered up with the Air Fence Fund, which is the people that just helped Atlanta after their fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was Atlanta, right? Is that the Air Fence Fund or is that the like American Motorcycle Road Racing Association or whatever? No, it's an Air Fence Fund. Oh, Okay. Look it up while I'm talking. Go to the Utah SBA site so we can okay. make sure. I will also I'll throw a link down in the description. Both YouTube and whatever other platform you're on. Link should yeah, be so, down in the description. So they're currently looking for about $75,000 in donations. My understanding is they're past the $30,000 mark, so they're well on their way. There's a lot of different ways you can donate. They're going to be doing a bunch of different events to try to to try to get more donations, but I I guess I should back up a little bit, but the Utah Motorsports Campus was built in 2006. I was right, kind of. More right than you. Road Racing World Action Fund. Yeah, that one. That's what I meant. Which I had road racing in mind, and you just had Air Fence Fund. Okay, we'll put a link to that in the bottom. Yeah, it'll be in there. So they're accepting fully tax-deductible donations. Ooh. Tax-deductible. So you. If you like motorcycles and you're looking for a tax break, here's your charity right here. If you like motorcycles <laughs> and you think everything's a write-off, then you, there it's you go. The easiest way to do motorcycles, just saying. <laughs> so for those that don't know, I guess I should back up and give some history. If you're a first-time listener or if you're, sorry, not from Utah or something like that, our local track, Utah Motorsports Campus, has three different, four, actually, four different configurations that can be ran. So mm-hmm. the track was built in 2006 world or actually it was track of the year for the world world track of the year in 2006. Hmm. But the air fence, the air fence is still original from that time when the track was first built. They had air fences in 2006. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it was, it was wow, all original, old. original equipment that's aged out. We have severe winters in Utah. We have, you know, weather, and aged out and correct me if i'm wrong here but it hasn't necessarily been the best taken care of possibly whether from the the track has been under multiple different management teams and don't want to point fingers but i'm just like if you if your local track has air fence and yeah you don't know that it's being taken care of and you're worried like look into it ask the question see if anyone is taking care of it do your part there because otherwise you could end up also asking for a ton of money and yes they're trying to raise enough money so there's four different configurations at the track but the usba 
for the motorcycles, when they race with the club racing, they alternate. They race the east, the west, the east, the west, back and forth. Uh Um, This year, we were unable to race the east configuration because the insurance company demands, is my understanding, the insurance company demands that there's air fence in some certain places that we could no longer provide. Therefore, we have been stuck racing on the west this entire season, and we would really like to get back to the east. Therefore, they are they're, they partnered up with the track. The track is being really good to the USBA. UMC and USBA are playing nice right now. That's good. Um, that's, and that's what the latest ownership promised, kind of. Yeah, well, there's actually a lot of details maybe I won't throw in here right now, but but they are playing very nice, trust me. They're playing nice right now. Uh, they would like to see motorcycling succeed, become more popular, and continue to grow out there. So they're partnering up to get this air fence thing done. Um, they are donating some facilities and some time and some different things to the cause. Mm-hmm. We want to get some air fence out there. The plan next year is to go back to a full schedule, a six race schedule. But here's the key. Not only six races, they are also proposing and trying to move to two-day racing. Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. So it'll not only be six races, but it'll basically be 12 in six weekends so my question with that is that like sunday is just a complete repeat of saturday if i'm this is why i need my local utah friends to go ahead and comment and change my mind because i value my sundays off i like to race as much as the next guy but i rather enjoy just huh have a relaxing day before you get back to work yeah i rather enjoy just you know a track day on friday go race on saturday go home saturday night and be able to recoup on sunday Mm-hmm. but it is the opinion of most people as close as I can tell. Everybody's really excited about going back to two day racing. I asked some questions around and it, it sounds like there would be an addition of like an endurance race. Okay. And basically the class schedule, it wouldn't be a repeat from Saturday to Sunday. It would be more classes. So okay. you may have some classes on Saturday and some classes on Sunday. So you might have to be there both days, depending on what your schedule is or what you're planning on racing. I So I think I would tell you that, that sounds sweet. That sounds awesome. That sounds like growing the sport. It sounds amazing. I understand the valuing your Sundays off, but if you're running six a season and the season is four months. No, it's so they're generally one a month. So it's closer to six. Okay. So like really you're still getting three normal weekends every month. And one weekend is just dedicated to motorcycling. And I also get where you're coming from. So don't take me wrong there, but, and then you're, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like, more chances to win, more chances to gain points, makes the championship for whatever class you're running in a little more interesting, like 12 rounds compared to six. I mean, that's awesome. That sounds sweet. So now it would be interesting to see how they spread that out, if it is just a double up or if it is adding more classes. So there's a... To throw in there, whatever. So there's a... There's, even at a club racing level, there's a pretty serious commitment and money involved if you really <laughs> want to go after one of these championships, right? Regardless of the class, meaning even in a four, even in a four race year season, you need to to really be in contention for those classes. Mm-hmm. You need to beat all four. Yeah, there's a dollar amount that comes with getting there, signing up, racing the bike. Heaven forbid something happens to your bike in between or at one of those events. Yeah, your transmission or you know something. You know, you yeah you. You forgot which bike you were on, and it did not have a quick shift, even though you treated it as such. 
Ah. You know, the truth comes out. <laughs> Those kind of things. So it's a big commitment. So if you go six weeks is a bigger commitment than four, obviously. I can do mm-hmm. that math. But six weeks at two days. Carry the one. It's more. Yeah, I think you're right. It equals more. So I just had to check because you're so old. Yeah. Like, I forget how to count. And I don't do math good. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. But we're trying to get the air fence on there. Anyway, we finished off. USBA round four final was an amazing weekend. So which option played out? If you've been following along, we had three options since the uh, the key yes. event, if you will. Yes. That landed so. the original 2010 BMW S1000 double R race bike. Not so racy anymore. Yeah. So option for those. one was rebuilding it. Option two was 22. Option one was rebuild the blown up bike. Yep. Option two was get the 2022 on the track. Mm-hmm. Option three was buy a donor bike and steal its guts. Mm-hmm. So option one didn't happen. The motor is currently on its way to a long ways away from me. Okay. More, more later, but yep. that motor, I don't expect it back till January. So option two was order all the parts needed to make the 2022 race legal, race legit and ready to roll. Mm-hmm. Those parts did not show up because, as you know, sitting over in your seat, there was a hurricane. Yeah. Turns out when you're buying something from Florida and then the powers that be say wet, wind, no, yes. uh, things don't get there on time. So, yeah. So, which no it, fault to the company. Can't blame No fault to the company. One. They did what they could do. But actually, expecting the bulk of those parts to arrive tomorrow, but a little late for option for two to work. Four. Yeah. So option three, we ran to about two hours away from my location, found a 2010 BMW on the local classified ads. I went Mm -hmm. and bought said bike. We've been affectionately referring to it as the donor bike. Brought it home, was going to yank, the intent was to yank the motor out of it, put it in another one or put it back in the the one that was broken. Mm -hmm. And last second was like, well, that's silly. Let's just move the race parts over to this one and see if we can just make it through a weekend. I was competing for the vintage class, so it is required that the bike is 10 years old for that class. And I was in contention for placement, so it was important to me to fill the bike. And result? So we put that donor bike on the track. She's inferior in every way (laughs) to my other race bike. I mean, she looks... it's got double the mileage. It's got 35,000, almost 36,000 miles. That's insane. Almost 36,000 miles on the original. For those of you that don't know, everything. yeah, I understand that a, an S1000, that's a leader bike. They can do higher mileage. I've heard that argument. An S1000 still revs out to 16, right? 16,000 yeah. RPM back in their day. And uh, yeah, 96 miles an hour in first gear, blah, 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 blah. The list goes on. But uh, the reason that 600s only last to like maybe 40 is because of that high revving, high compression, high heat, all of that. I'm pretty sure that S1000 falls into that category. So 36,000, the fact that like, I mean, you got to give the thing props. 13 oh, yeah. years she, old, 36,000 miles. So so, so she was rolling, but I was, I was missing my quick turn throttle. I was using the stock setup there. Stock, stock suspension, stock brake lines, original yeah. probably. <laughs> Did you feel a difference in that? You know, that's an interesting thing because... That's a whole tangent right there. So the Jixer, we've talked before on here, or mm-hmm. we've spoken about how the Jixer's got like no brakes, but by having no brakes, it has all the brakes. 
Yeah. No on my bite. BMWs, when I'm giving it break, if I want to go over the front, I just give it more break. It'll put me over the front if I, that's what right. I want it to do. Right. It's got all the break I ever need. Mm-hmm. But you're ginger on it a little bit. You're always kind of ginger. The the jicks are in stock form, at least. In, in stock form, it's got kind of a mushy feel to it. it yep. It's almost like they need bled, even yeah. though Which they we, don't. We are talking about 2008 or 750s here. I've heard... Yeah. I've heard that hasn't really changed, even with the Brembo upgrade that they got in like 2014, 2015, definitely by 2015. Anyway, they they went to Brembo's, but I heard that that didn't, that kind of almost squishy feel is just a Jigsaw thing. Like the brakes are still great. They still stop you, but it's like, oh, you, can, absolutely. you can grab a handful without being like freaking out about it. For me, I don't know. It's probably different for different riders, but for me, it's confidence inspiring when you can just like cram on the brakes as hard as you want. And yeah. It should, it's counterintuitive, I get it. But the donor bike still has the stock brake lines. A, a new BMW comes with stainless steel mm-hmm. braided lines, but in 2010, they did not. So it's got the original, I'm sure they're flexing to twice the size they're supposed to be when you're pulling the lever and all those kind of things that happen. Um, uh, yeah. Didn't have time to change any of those out, you know, those kind of things. But it was oddly confidence inspiring so Hmm. do the brakes work as good no do they work better for me maybe all right all right fair Uh, enough yeah i might have liked them better but it was crazy i kept telling everybody you got to look back you know you dump all these money all this money into these bikes and you know i definitely realized on the 22 like i forgot that fast you know it's it's not like i've been doing this for 100 years don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but when you start making a parts list to convert a bike to a race bike, you're like, I need this and I need this and I need that and I need this and I need, and the pile, the list just, you know, it grows like crazy. Not to Very talk quick. anybody out of going racing or anything. If you do it slowly over time, one day you just wake up and you turn around and there's a race bike in the garage, right? Mm-hmm. So on both of these cases, to get the 22 there, the parts list is long. To take this 2010 street bike, even with stealing parts from the other bike and doing all that, it's the list still, it's like, there's a lot. And then yeah. when you get to the track and the things I chose not to do, you know, this bike, I raced it this weekend with no tune. So okay. with exhaust, we, right. We straight threw an exhaust on it. Previous owner had, uh, we talked about that. Had done some creative things to the catalytic converter to get the sound he was looking for, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the performance. Right. Um, I took that and threw it in the garbage and put a different, put a, you know, an aftermarket exhaust on it. Yeah. But no power commander, no tune. Let's just get through. We just need to get through one race. You know, at the time that was the thought. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she's lacking in some serious places. Like I needed some cowboy spurs because coming out of some of them corners, (laughs) you were just like kicking it going, come on girl. Yeah. But overall, overall, we still drop time. Yeah. How much how much total last weekend best time to this weekend's best time? So we're at 143.3. Mm-hmm. In round three was the PR. Mm-hmm. And we moved that to a 142.2. That's pretty good. So still over point, a second. 1.1 second increase. And second now, since, do we huh? get to talk about option two? Yeah, sure. What do you want to uh, know? Well, I just want to mean, what but didn't. So it didn't play out. What you know? What happened? So I, mean, I know all the stories. So I, I can't lie to y'all, but like, <laughs> so option two was the twenty twenty two, which we didn't get the parts in time, as we already stated. All, all but 
Didn't get all the parts in time. Didn't get all the parts in time. Didn't get enough to make it race legal. Right. Can't race without a belly pan. I didn't get the fairing kit, the fairing mount kit. I didn't get, you know. That still boggles things. my mind that there's a separate fairing mount kit. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you how that goes, you know, next time we talk. But yeah, you let me know. It got safety wired. I got the the uh, protection, the Alpha Racing. Well, actually, it's not Alpha Racing. I don't even remember the brand. But a dash protector. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I got that. I got some of the guards. You know, I put what I could on it to keep it as safe as possible. And problem was, we're dealing with a 36,000-mile bike, mm-hmm. and I needed to just get through one race. All right. And I know you gave me a lot of crap on the last episode about, you know, introducing the tranny to myself. And mm-hmm. I did not. I, I went and tested it. I, I did what I said. I went and tested it, made sure things were good. I actually, I took it to the track day or the test and tune the round before or the day before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took it out on two 15 minute sessions, made sure that I could run the times, made sure that it was heating up, cooling down, you know, bearings were in the tires turning the right way. It wasn't going to break down on me. And right. then I parked it. And since it was a track day or a test and tune day, it's, you're not limited to the same restrictions that you are on a race day. So mm-hmm. I took out, I took out the 22 and, right? I, and, I used, and, and I used it for the rest of the day. And what I realized is you people are all cheating. What the hell? Uh, okay, I got to talk real quick. So th- for those of you watching, we use StreamYard as our recording platform, website, whatever you want to call it. And earlier we were messing with our screen backgrounds. We can go in and I shouldn't tell you this, but whatever, I don't care. We can go in and put in a custom background. And I guess I left the green screen on. My water bottle is green. That actually works pretty well. Just gonna say, like that's not bad. What do you mean your water bottle's green? My water bottle is green. So no, it isn't. Well, it is. So it's seeing a green screen. Oh. So it's showing you my background through it. But it's uh, not even the background you're actually using currently. No, because I set it to green screen mode. So if I had a green screen behind me, it would cover everything green with that background. Okay, back to motorcycles. Anyway. <laughs> that freaked me out. I was like, where's that reflection coming from? And why is my, is this just like a plain green water bottle? Why is it so reflective? Uh, feel free to edit that hey, out, editor. If you haven't seen that video. Yeah, go, go check out it. the new Vortex tire warmer video released this morning. For us, yeah. Monday. For us. It's a good one. So. 22. Track day. I was saying that everybody's a cheater. Well, uh, why? Because stupid me didn't realize that if you had just run a 10 year newer bike, it would have been, I'm out here bleeding. I'm out here sweating, trying to keep up with everybody with a 2010 BMW. I'm out here giving it tears laid on the track purely for your entertainment. I'm out here giving it my all. I'm giving everything I got. I take the 22 out there and I'm like, Oh, this is not fair. (laughs) Oh, that's what you guys are doing. Yeah. I'm like, you know, when I've been, when I've been, chasing other bmws around on the track like newer ones and i'm thinking you know some i beat some of them i lose to some of them you know all those things well you know you're 2010 right yeah at 184 i think 86 184 i was thinking i had 172 in my head but maybe that was before you got the tune done yeah they did it they did it before and after 
Okay. But it, I can't remember now. It was 184, 186. Which ain't bad. No, but everything works better on the new one. It's got up down shift. It's got, I got dynamic suspension on it. So it's, you know, making the adjustments for me in real time. It's everything's better. And I'm like, I think everybody's been cheating. So, yeah. You know what's funny though? Most of the forums and like hardcore racing people and all the bike reviews you watch on YouTube would tell you that the electronic suspension. If you're racing the bike, the electronics not the way to go. Well, at my level, it worked just fine. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of interesting to like, I, I only put that out there because I think that, at least for me, I'll just speak for myself here. It's very easy to to get on YouTube and watch all these reviews and be like, well, you know, I, I go to the track. I, I do track days. So yeah, I wouldn't want electronic suspension. And then come to find out these people that are doing the reviews are a lot better at riding than me. So <laughs> Oh, so don't don't count it off just yet. Anyway, it went off mostly without a hitch. Very successful race day. I was running. You were running the slicks there, right? Yep. Here's the what do you say? Here's my takeaway from the weekend, though. Okay, I'm ready. So you never know what you're gonna get, right? USBA round three just seems so friendly, at least in our circle or our group, the circle I'm running around in. Everything went off without a hitch. Mm-hmm. Everybody was happy for the most part. With a couple exceptions, but overall, I mean, it's just a great weekend. Everybody had fun, camaraderie, blah, 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 blah. You go into week four, and it was it was the tale of, I mean, it, it's always like this, right? But I was setting new PRs. My good friend Jason was there helping with the bike, and my wife, and we're in our pit, and we're doing our thing, and everything was going as planned, and everything mm-hmm. was fine. We're happy. For those that don't know, we tend to, you know, you, you take your canopies, you kind of tie them all together. You know, you're you're in a big row. The trailer's behind you. Yeah. It's professional. It looks it's, cool. It's professional. So it here's our box, if you will. Mm-hmm. We're happy. Everybody's happy. I got this guy next to me. We're not going to say yet. Okay. The, the, the guy next to me, not so happy. Okay. Yeah. The guy next to him, over the moon happy, right? So were you, were you like the middle ground here? Or? So I was in the middle because then there's a guy on the other side of me, uh-huh. okay. which... I'm going to go ahead and talk about this, but this is because this is just Justin DeLong shows up okay. from Canada. Uh-huh. He shows oh, up. Yeah, this, yeah. Okay. This is this is how his day starts. Okay. Okay. He shows up. Generator won't start. Okay. So what racers do, we lend him a plug, right? Right. So boom. Plug that in. Tire warmer's doing something funny. So he pulls it off and it shorts out. Tire warmer's dead. Okay. Throw him over an extra tire warmer. Puts that on. Goes to fire up the bike for the first round. Mm-hmm. Just... Cranking, cranking, cranking. Nothing. Nothing. Won't start. Man, this this podcast just got really dark. Yeah. Misses misses the first round of practice, right? Okay. Yeah. Misses the first round of practice. I mean, we got our jumper box over there. He's cranking it over. He's got a team of people helping him there, trying to figure out everything. Eventually get it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding is when they plug it in to tune the bike, there's a pin or something that they remove to plug in, and the guy okay. hadn't plugged it back in. Okay. So anyway. It was cranking, but no actual fuel spark or any of that. Yep. So they figured that out. They got it started. Part of the reason I tell that story is one of the vintage class that I raced in, it's a dual wave start. So they start the thousands first and then they start Mm -hmm. the 600s after. Okay. Um, And it's a goal of the 600s to beat anybody in on a thousand, right? Weird. Weird. So I got the whole shot. All right. Hell yeah. Yeah. It It was fun. It was awesome. Great feeling. I got the whole shot. I'm out there. I'm jamming and I'm just waiting for these 600s to come. Right. Yeah. Anyway, after, after three or so laps, I was running third. I finished third. 
We'll get that out of the way. Okay. Third place. But those little 600s eventually catch you, right? Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in third place. I was in third for a while and I was starting to get lonely out there. And I'm the type of racer that needs a carrot. Like, I really need that bike in front of me. Right. To It just keeps me going, right? It's got to have something to chase. Yeah. Got to have something to chase. I, I, I apologize to anybody that's in front of me because I insult every family member of theirs, everything. Hey, the words that come out during, like, while the, while the helmet's on, visor shut, it's, yeah, no that, one needs to know yeah. what's going on in there. Yeah, they're, they're private. They're inside the helmet, but it's yeah. anything to keep me going, right? Right. I'm in the helmet screaming, but I lost all that because I had lost touch with second place. I thought, man, I know I'm going slower. I mean, I'm still super fast, right? But I, I just know my pace has yeah. slowed down. So I'm, I'm trying to get myself amped, trying to get myself amped. Here comes this, here comes this bike gets me in a corner and it's the mm-hmm. first of the 600s right okay he gets me and i'm like carrot i got this guy right i'm gonna follow him i'm gonna follow him mm-hmm. two corners in i realized there was no following this dude like <laughs> no i mean i was trying i tried as hard as i could Nah, and right. i was like who the hell is that guy right mm-hmm. and so we finished the race everything everything's great third place that seals it whatever better luck next time all that stuff i go back to the pits and i'm like dude there's a 600 out there he was just rocking and i'm like who the hell i don't even know who the hell that guy was and they're pointing at justin delong all right the canadian the canadian we helped with the bike and then he smoked me and didn't even slow down and help give me a tow but (laughs) what do you want him to do actually hook a carrot up and drag it around the track man i'm looking for anything right now yeah so after that i think he went i you know i lost track but he he went and raced another couple rounds maybe or whatever Mm -hmm. and then we had in our in the group or whatever you had him and then on the other end was ty he's down there on the other hand and they both went out to race in the same class they were i'm not sure which class it was but they were in the same class together and uh they went out they did one lap and there was a red flag and we're in the pit so we're not watching what's going on but Mm -hmm. I just know they there's a red flag out there. So I kind of looked up and I seen, you know, Rainy coming around the corner, headed back for the pits because she had been up there to watch Ty. She was okay. coming back. So I was like, ah, crap. You know, I thought maybe it was Ty. That's why she was coming back. Mm-hmm. So I ran over here and her and says, is he good? And she said it was Justin. And uh, he had high-sided himself to the moon Okay. and did everything he could to rip his pinky finger off. Mm-hmm. No, and, I... I, I Correct me if I'm wrong, but did rip it off? Question mark. It's not, you know, off. Oh, it was okay. All right. It was still, it was still attached. Okay. Talking to him after he said it was, he said it had pushed the what is that? The first knuckle, second knuckle. Yeah, was, I don't know. That the the bigger knuckle on your pinky. I mean, there's, like there's three technically, right? Anyway, whatever. The middle one. Okay. The middle one got shoved back out compound. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Out. And then what you're supposed to do when you crash, right, is you're supposed to jump up to yeah. let the flag people know you're okay. Mm-hmm. Well, he had jumped up because I had multiple people in the stand. They were like, oh, man, we thought he was okay. And then he went back down. <laughs> but talking to him, he, he said that it had pushed out. He he'd stood up to let him know he was okay. And then he looked down and seen his finger. Mm-hmm. And he said, I got to fix this. So he reached up and grabbed it, but it, the, the bone must not have been connected anymore so when he grabbed it it like went the other way like so now it's going out that way so he said you know what i don't want to walk anywhere and so he actually got back down to signal that he wanted an ambulance you know i'm not okay (laughs) 
I'm going to go ahead and lay down here. I changed my mind. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Justin, if you're listening, uh, high hopes that you can get the pinky solved. Uh, I don't know. I hope you keep the pinky. I'll put it that way. Uh, I think the rest of us do too. So yeah. if you're not so, Justin and you're listening, go uh, go give Justin some words of encouragement. Hope. Encouragement. That's the word. Yeah. Thank yep. you. Sorry, I forget English sometimes. So the reason I'm telling these stories is just to say, you know, interesting to me that he's pitted on this side. His day ended. You got all. Crap. You got the whole spectrum. Yeah, it ended total crap. So we're over here in our tent, like, yay, we're doing good. Everything's happy. Yeah. And we're pitted next to our good friend Lugnut, who, mm-hmm. congratulations, Lugnut is the USBA King of the Mountain World Champion, State world. of Utah Champion. There you go. He is one. I mean, that- I- World champion for USBA King of the Mountain. Yeah, no, like technically. It's yeah, the only USBA King of the Mountain in the world that I know of. So he is his he finalized that championship. Congratulations to him. That's awesome. He's the number one plate holder for the state of Utah. Killing it. But he had a shit day. <laughs> less less than ideal weekend. <laughs> you know, he was fighting with suspension problems all weekend. He was not a happy guy. So again, Unhappy. To be fair, I mean, this is the last weekend for USBA. He's got some other stuff planned, so he's still kind of in that test and build phase, as you always are as a racer, really, when you're doing it on your own like he is. But, I mean, he's got Texas coming up here in September that he's planning on going out to for Moto America. So for him, it's almost sad to say, like, this championship, awesome, super important. Don't want to take that credit away from him at all. But he's also using all of that to help build and get ready for what's next. And so I can understand how you can have a great day and a less than ideal weekend all at the same time. Absolutely. So he, you know, he had some goals he wanted to attain that he did not, that kind of took away from the important part to me was that he's got the number one plate. Don't bring it up, Easton. I'm just smiling. That's I all. know. Later. So, so he was mad, but then we got, we got Ty next mm-hmm. on the other side of him and Ty had a pretty good weekend overall. I saw Very- some pictures. I saw some pictures that had the King of the Mountain race does not look like the one that I remember watching. So props to all the guys out there riding. Yeah, the times yeah. are times are dropping. I think that we need to get that east track. We need back to the air fence. We need to get that air fence in because people are getting way too much practice on one track. Yeah, we need the to West break this is up just a little about bit. Done, just about done out. Yeah, people are getting a little too good. So that was my overall take from the weekend, though. Is just kind of the you know congratulations to Ty. He took home some some hardware as well. It's crazy how the winds can change and, you know, people are happy at different times and you don't want to celebrate too big because, you know, your own goals because the guys around you might not be having the day you're having. And, <laughs> and, and, and the next time you go, you know, the next time you go, the shoe's going to be on the other foot. So yeah. good, friendly atmosphere. It was well, a hey. great weekend. I'm sad that it's over. I'm looking outside. Today was only 62 degrees, but I'm thinking there's no way you couldn't have snuck another one in there. Come on guys. The day after, yeah. Now we'll see. I heard you guys got some rain actually today. Not yeah, sure if almost that's true. Headed for an inch, like three quarters of an inch or something. What? Uh, nothing. An inch. Uh, wow. Hey, don't give me. Don't give me no. We had a hurricane. If you didn't know, all all my hippie friends are locked down at the Burning Man. They can't get out of there. Have you seen the pictures of like the jeep stuck? up past their doors in the mud they yeah. told them to ration their food and water because they can't even get them out of the desert wow that the whole desert. army of people is stuck out there right now currently if i was a good friend i would have sent ty speaking of ty i would have sent him a message and said 
asked him if he got home because all I've seen is pictures of the road after Las Vegas to get to California, mm-hmm. like completely flooded out, backed up. I hmm. fifteen, which you're very familiar wow. with. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah, they're they're dealing with some stuff. I just got a casual three quarter inches of rain in the desert, which I just, watered my I lawn don't... nicely. I just love that like Utah measures their rain in the points of an inch. I love that. I miss it, honestly. It's like, yeah, we got like 0.3 inches yesterday. <laughs> We're supposed to get another 0.4 today. So by the end of the week, we might reach one and a half. Uh, and then you go to like lot? any any other state that's not desert climate. And you're like, yeah, we got like six inches in the last hour. <laughs> We're going to probably get another six inches next hour. And then it won't rain for four hours. And then it'll rain for six days straight with a foot every day. Like, well, what else do you want to know about USBA round four before we move on? I think I'm good there. I think that's pretty good. Sound like a good weekend. The, uh, the BMWs are still on their adventures. All three of them now each have their own separate adventure, I think. Yep. So in the coming weeks, we'll be putting the 22 together with the new parts. Yeah. Be on the lookout for a video for that. You heard it here first. Oh boy. Put me on, huh? Yep. Hell yeah. So, uh, yeah, that one's good. The motor is no longer, the engine is no longer in my possession for the old one. Are we going we'll full, like, crazy build on that? That's a secret. You, you know you don't tell those kind of stories. Oh, yeah, I guess we're, you're a racer now, so, all right. Yeah, man, you got to keep that stuff. your secrets. Yeah, got to keep that All right, that well, stuff. MotoGP, we got we to gotta cut this or get this going. MotoGP. That was weird. Okay, sorry, there was a Wi-Fi thing showed up in the corner. I don't know if you saw it. It was up by the time block. Anyway, MotoGP. We got to get into that. MotoGP. They're uh, back. We're back. They're back. MotoGP's back. Yeah, they're back. Actually, they're like hot back for the next little bit because we just had a race, and that was uh, September first. And then this weekend we have another race and then a test next monday so a week from today for us and that's the first test for the 2024 bikes which really weirds me out because i think they're allowed to put the 2024 bikes on the grid for the rest of the 2023 season after that test i don't think so okay we'll get more to you on that i will look that one up but i'm pretty sure they're allowed to (laughs) india two weeks after that and then japan one week after that and then Eight week, eight races in ten weeks. Yeah, so it's it's busy. Yeah, sorry, I I don't need to. I guess just go through the whole freaking thing. But what a what a freaking weekend, huh? Save the big bang factor. Yeah. Okay. Did you see my boy Munoz got taken out in Moto Three? I don't watch Moto Three. Anybody not watching Moto Three is a fool. How many people watch Moto Three? In the comments right now, put it in. Just comment. I watch Moto Three. I want to know. Let's do a poll. My my boy we'll Munoz see. starts like 19th, mm-hmm. casually climbs up the whole ladder, right? Mm-hmm. Sits in fourth for a while because he can see the he can still see the front bike. So I think he went into tire conservation mode a little bit after he got to fourth. You know, and he, and he was fifth, and then he was third, and then he was fifth, and then he was fourth. You know, bounce, bounce, bounce. They uh, he was bouncing around, gets to the end of the race, and he does what Munoz does. He starts driving like a bat out of hell. At one point, takes the lead on the last lap. Okay, he is uh-huh. in the lead. Mm-hmm. Goes into a corner, kind of crazy, and two bikes go by him. Mm-hmm. Which now he's in third. And yeah. onto totally, in my opinion, for those that don't like Munoz, they'll have different excuses. But from my standpoint, he should have finished that race third. But Munoz ran into the side of him, and it was a, just a casual bonk, knock him out, and da 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 da, like right, totally wiped him out. He could see the checkered flag. Okay, 
Yeah. Wipe, wiped him out, finishes wherever. Anshu gets a two lap, uh, two long lap penalty. You said Moto 2? Moto 3. Moto 3? What am I being? Yeah, yeah, okay. Munoz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shut it off because I was pissed, so I didn't see whether they were going to just. They said they'd either tack on 12 seconds or six seconds. Uh -huh. Can't remember. Or the long lap penalty. I don't think that decision had quite been made when I shut it off. Anshu. So he made it 12, 6.4 behind the lead. But he's actually finished third. Okay. So that, that means they gave him the time penalty rather than the long lap. Anyway, that pissed me off. I just had to say that. Right. Uh, we don't have to talk about Moto2 because, do you know why? Americans still can't race? Because there's news over there. Joe Roberts went back to American racing for next I year. I have not heard that. Okay. And? Yeah, so G Joe Roberts is back. Sean Dillon Kelly's fired. Max Toth is out of there for whatever reason. And f to finish out this year, we have two non-Americans racing on the American racing team until Joe Roberts gets there next year. And so I don't care. Okay. <laughs> so. All right. Well, hey. MotoGP. Yeah. Keep an eye out for Max Toth next year. I think he should be up into Moto2 next year, maybe. Uh, we are still standing by for Max Toth to uh, come talk to us for a bit. So sent him an email waiting to hear. If you have any connection there, a little nudge. Yeah, let let's us make know. it happen. MotoGP, <sighs> let's start with the sprint race. Let's, let's start somewhere else. Start wherever you want. I had a revelation this weekend. As everyone knows, Honda, Yamaha, whatever, they've all been doing terrible, right? Uh, and Honda has made it like a pretty big aerodynamic change in the last few races. And if you look super close at their bikes, they look exactly like Ducatis now, almost, like Big old wings on the front, the like curvy ones on the side, the dinosaur whatever's on the tail, like all of it just looks like a Ducati. And I was like, well, okay, I guess, you know, if you can't beat them, match them, right? But then I paid attention to the Yamahas. And I was like, hang on a second. Look at the Yamaha tail. There's dinosaur fins on it. Look at the front of the Yamaha. There's giant Ducati looking wings there. And I was like, okay, let's look at the KTMs. The front end of the KTM, a Ducati. The back end, I'll give it to them. They have some weird... <laughs> Ricer wing thing going on back there. Who knows? Obviously, it's working for him. KTM's built a, an actually pretty good bike. I mean, Brad's been out there killing it. Jack's not doing too... Wasn't doing too bad. He's been kind of being interesting the second half of this season. They've, they're making changes right now. Yeah. Um, I know they were talking about that, so I'll give them that. But that's, that's what I was noticing. I was like, the only bike on the grid that isn't a Ducati is Aprilia. And that's not just to lead us into what happened in the race, but... Pay attention. Aprilia has nothing on the tail of the bike. The body is just wider. They don't have a wing on the side of the body down there. It's just wider. The wings on the front are super, super skinny. We're talking and like low, a half they're, inch. They're like down towards the bottom. Yeah, and they like kind of sweep out, but there's only like a half inch of gap, and it's like a double wing with a half inch of gap there. They're completely different, but all the articles are coming out saying that Aprilia's got the best bike on the grid. If they could figure out how to ride it, blah, 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 blah. And this weekend was kind of interesting because there's some things that happened that we'll get into here shortly. But I've I've been saying this since about halfway through last year that I'd, I wish Aprilia would get some different riders because I'd, I would love to see what they could do, right? I think that bike definitely has some promise. But then just this weekend and, and last weekend, the last racing weekend, I noticed that I'm like, they're the only bike on the grid that isn't basically a Ducati look. And like, sorry if that hurts you, but just pay attention to it. All the front ends look exactly the same. They all have that big giant wing thing going on and they differ a little bit. I get that. They got like a little bit of differences from there on down and, and whatever, but they're all kind of mimicking that Ducati and Yamaha and Honda specifically are so similar. They have the same tail thing. They have the same 
everything, which I get, again, if it works, why not? But Aprilia is just going a completely different route and they can carry from all the data, they can carry the most corner speed. So anyway, kind of interesting. Everything is a Ducati unless it's an Aprilia. Okay. So I have a statement to make, but we have to get to a certain part of the story. So where are you going next? I'll let you go wherever. We can jump right in. Sprint race. Okay. We got to get that out of the way first. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the sprint race, it was a sprint race. It was. I got to go back and watch the, uh, or look at the results because the race was so interesting that I kind of forgot the results of the sprint. Okay. I remember. Yeah. All right. Got it. Sprint race was, it was a good race. It was fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. But uh, overall, in light of what happened during the GP race, like you said, it kind of got forgotten about. Yeah. Um, I mean, it. yeah, it was just a good race. GP was a a newsy race. I will say, Mr. Asparagus broke his record, which I think then quickly got broken because Bagnaya qualified first. But he broke his record, and after that, I signed him on my, like, quickly got on my grid rival fantasy team. I was like, drop, pick up. I need that guy because this weekend's going to be good. And then that kind of held pretty true. So uh, the Great. rest of my team, not so good. But there was a good race in the sprint. There was a good, it was a good competition between Bagnaya and Alesh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was a good race. Fun to watch. You didn't know, you didn't really know how hard Bagnaya was fighting for that win. Yeah. Because he doesn't need it. So I, I think he, I think he might have kind of laid down just a little bit. Or didn't go after it like if the championship depended on it that he might have. But so that was a sprint race. Worth watching. Good race. Yeah. But let's move to the actual race. Okay. Actual race. So after Oh, our beloved Italian riders on their Italian bikes. <laughs> Listen. Well I'm I'm trying to think I mean, everybody should know what happened by now, but you know, most people that are listening. But you have a bone to pick with Mr. Jorge Martin. Yeah. And after this race, let's just say. So going into the first corner. <laughs> Which history has shown that this first corner, specifically not just like corner one, but corner one of the race at this like track it is always kind of like, if there's going to be drama in the season and you only had one corner to pick, that would be the one to put your money on, right? Yeah. They take off on the start. Bastianini was way back. I don't remember what position he was, but he was quite a ways back. Got a hell of a start. Mm-hmm. Coming up, passing people like mad. He was in 11th. Yep. Yep. Going into the oh, first corner, he was fighting for like fifth or sixth. Fifth? Yeah. Yeah. Fifth or sixth. Yeah. But he went into the corner way too hot. Had to get mm-hmm. on the brakes way too hard. Mm-hmm. Got the death wobble on the front handlebars. He did. Yeah. Watch. I, we don't need to always fight about the damn replays, but <laughs> this shouldn't be an argument on this one. If you watch that replay, it goes, I guess, whoom, on the front yeah. before he loses the back. Yeah. So he grabbed brake where he shouldn't have been grabbing brake. Yep. Lost the front. Lose well, the front. Ended up losing the back. Lost the rear. Yeah. So he loses the rear. Slides sideways. Skittles a whole pile of bikes. He takes out Alex Marquez. He takes out Bezecchi. He takes out... Who else did he take out? There's Zarco. Zarco. There's six bikes end up here in the gravel. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Hope everybody's okay. And the cameras are trying to focus on that. They're trying to show you what's going on over there because this is big news. It just wiped out a whole section of bikes. Mm-hmm. And the announcers are like, whoa, hey, hey. And the camera flips back up and Bagnaya is trying to do his best impersonation of Mark Marquez. Why fighting himself to the freaking moon? 
Yeah, if you're talking like the original high side that brought on this whole yeah. mess of a Honda, yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, it was an impersonation, but that was rough. I think that I think it was just the bikes. I think Bagnaya's bike was like, whoa, hold on, I want to try, and then <laughs> because even watching the replays, I was like, how did he even? Like, it I looked like know. he lost it, tried to super save it, and then just super lost it. Flung, he was up in the air, got to be ten feet. Yeah, shoots him into the air. He lands on his back, starts spinning in the track like a turtle on its shell upside down. He was in first. Yeah, keep in mind. Rec- yeah, high side so is in first place. Can't blame anyone else. Yeah, it was all him, all on his own. It did It did look for a minute like that Pramac bike might have, at first. It ended up yeah. that was not the case, but at first when you, you were yeah, trying well, to I find was, I was convinced it wasn't because that, I mean, that was a big wreck and it was like out of nowhere. And I was I was convinced that it wasn't Bagnaya. I was like, "What the like was that?" You know, from what had happened in the first corner. Yeah, it was you thought it right had to be related corner. to the other thing. It wasn't even. It was coming out of the first corner that like next straight right after it before even corner two, and he was just gone. Yeah, and so, he hole shotted. Mm-hmm. He was out out front already putting a gap. He was completely on his own. It had the two the two events had nothing to do with each other. Yeah, but he hides him high sides himself to the moon. Lands on his back like like an upside down turtle, and he's just spinning on the track on his back, basically. Mm-hmm. And his legs perfectly come around right directly in front of Brad Bender, who decides to make Bagnaya's legs into a ski jump. Nothing he could do. I yep. mean, Bagnaya wasn't there, and then his legs come swinging around. I mean, Bagnaya probably hit his bike as hard as he hit him. But yeah, scary moment. So let me break the news real quick. Uh, which rider out of the two? factory ducati guys do you think you probably already know i know I mean, are you asking me or you want to ask the the, the man of glass or bagnaya <laughs> uh so I don't know. Let us... it's a little easier to swallow because bashanini caused that yeah bashanini caused it he's the one that got the worst injuries out of the deal that's fair i guess mm-hmm. if somebody needs to get hurt then the guy that caused it is the best candidate but Oh, yeah. Man of glass. The guy's recovering from a broken shoulder injury that screwed up his whole season. Yep. Causes that crash, and he breaks his foot and, and his wrist. And I his wrist. It, I think it uh, looks like hand from the cast I'm looking at right now, but yeah. Anyway, so left ankle and a subcapital fracture of the second metacarpal of his left hand. There you go. Yeah, so the reason, the reason I was talking to Jorge Martin a minute ago mm-hmm. is I was watching him. I was watching him uh-huh. and I was like, you better not say a damn thing, boy. You better not say anything. I mean, Bashanini just bowled into them guys and tried taking them all out. Right. Right. But how is that? That was almost a twin crash from what Jorge Martin did the week before. Yeah. The race before. I mean, the carnage yeah. that happens afterward is all who's in where and, you know, sure. the luck of the draw. The, the only difference and I'm not not necessarily saying that it's better than Jorge. Not necessarily saying that, but Bastianini crashed. Jorge didn't. That's true. Jorge rode out of his and looked back and was like, oh, "What are you guys doing?" And then just rode off into the distance, like, "Well, you know, I guess I beat him." So yeah, Bastianini crashed, trying not to do what happened. Yeah, maybe, maybe he went in too hot and lost it and shouldn't have been there. But well, I think he 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 was locked. Like I said earlier, he was locking up the front brake. Yeah, 
trying not to run into somebody and lost it. Yeah. Um, I don't, this article doesn't have when Bagnaya will come back. He'll be back next. He's saying he's back next week. Yeah. Does it say that? Okay. That's what he's been saying. Yeah. No fractures, leaving the hospital on crutches, gratitude for the luck, which helped him avoid serious injury and spoke about the high side, even able to set a very quick comeback date. Uh, let's see. Let me pull up that one. Blah, 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 blah. Rear grip something. We'll do everything we can in Mizano to be in Mizano and to do well. Okay, so if I'm back, Naya, I just take off the next five. No. Listen. Okay. That couldn't have went any better for Bagnaya after the injury or after the wreck. So he wrecked. Okay. He wrecks. Everybody's holding their breath. Done. Of course, you want him to be okay, first off. But second off, what's this going to do to the championship? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Red flag. Red flag. Yeah, but red flag, everybody gets to start again except Bagnaya. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, man, maybe this will drag me. Well, he could have even started, too, until he ended up, he was broken like the glass man. Yeah. But you you look at this and you go, he's up by 90-something points. This is mm-hmm. a chance for people to drag this championship back into contention, manageable. Yep. Brad Bender goes out on a technical failure. Yep. Yeah. Of some sort. So he doesn't matter. Bezecchi yep. does not have enough tires left. Yeah, he went out on a soft front. Hard front. Or no, he went on a soft. Uh, yeah, Brad was, was out on a hard. Yep. Bezecchi went out on problem. a soft front because they wouldn't shut up about it. So anyway, I still I, I crack up about the uh, the announcers are very good at the job. And I, I don't mean this rude, I guess. I did. Sorry, that sounded a little harsh. But I don't mean it's rude, but... They're very good at their job, and they make everything sound so dramatic. They're like, yeah, you know, this track just, like, destroys tires. It's known for destroying tires. I'm so surprised that this person is still riding this bike. But then, like, a person makes it all the way through the race in the same position, running about the same lap times. And I'm like, when is something that you That's say? That's like anything. They get- but, yeah, I mean, they they got to. They, they need to fill the space. They're very good at their job. I do like the announcers. It's just kind of funny to me sometimes because they're like, I can't believe he's still out there on a soft front. I'm like... He's a professional motorcycle racer. Well, they need he to fill the space without getting tied into one thing. Like, yeah, that's fair. Uh, no offense, Justin, but they'll have somebody with like a broken pinky or something, and they'll be like, the whole race just talking about how can how is he still out there? It for yeah. him to be running these times, that pinky's got to be killing him, and that'll just be yeah. the subject of the whole race. And it's like, shut up, man! They but probably the, shot him up with so many painkillers. He doesn't even know he has it's a the pinky. whole season, though. I mean, they're I, like, and I, I give the guys props. Some of these racers do go out there with like straight up broken crap. They're like, oh, absolutely, <laughs> they are given painkillers to go ride. But they're like, you could have been. I mean. I'm surprised they haven't been saying Mark is still coming back into full fitness this year and trying to give him that excuse. Honestly, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. That's some like you'll get the announcer saying at first, Mark, this was his chance to come back and win the championship, but he has like one bad race and somebody says the Honda's bad and I'm sure it is. Don't get me wrong. Sure it is. That's all they can talk about now. So now if Mark finishes 22nd, they're like, what a trooper to stay on that bike that's obviously the biggest pile of crap, you know, that's ever... No, it's not. I mean, no. the guy, when he was trying, he was out there running in the top 10, top 6. He's just not taking chances anymore. And they're still praising him like, oh my gosh, look at that. He could still... he 20th on such a terrible bike. How do you know how terrible a bike is? I mean, I believe yeah. that it's a bad bike. I do believe that it's an inferior bike on the field or on the track, but... They build that up. They latch onto something and then yeah. 
go completely nuts. Yeah, absolutely. They go insane. So the, the championship, though, I, I get what you're saying, because Martin ended up in that race, ended up down in uh, third. Uh, Martin was the, been... only, any, the only guy that made any headway. Yeah, could have been really. fourth. But yeah, you're right. Bezecchi and was all the way down in 12th. I mean, Aleish definitely made headway this weekend. But he's so he far back, it don't matter. He's only in fifth. Points-wise, very far back, yes, but only in fifth. Brad Bender left on technical. Bezecchi ended up in 12th. Martin ended up in third. So Martin is that kind of scary one because you said take the rest of the season off. I would agree with you, except Martin's only 50 points behind now. So Bagnaya misses another race. Martin takes first in that race. Now he's only 25 points behind. So yep. with eight races left, like that's not a it's not a done deal yet. Now, Martin's been looking, I don't know. He's all over the place this year. It's really weird. He's been looking like a fifth place rider. Yeah. I give you that. Well, and it is also the end of season, though, and Zarco's got nothing left to lose, so who knows what he'll do. Well, this was his last weekend before they start hiding parts from him, so. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's a good question. Is he going to be on the Honda for Mazzano testing? I don't think they can. Because he's still in contract with Ducati. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be, it's going to be an interesting, it it always is, the post-season first test of 2024 it's always an interesting test because you get the riders out there on blank bikes with blank suits because technically they're still under contract with the other team but blah, 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 blah. so where where did joanne mir end up because in the race yeah i heard i heard a couple podcasts leading up to the race that picked joanne mir to be in their top five they were like i know he's not doing anything but this is his track this is his chance to show everybody that he's still there Blah, yep. blah, blah. And he, yeah, he's still there in absolute last place. Yeah, the only thing he didn't do this weekend is crash. Correct. What a joke. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too. Paula Spargo and Ralph Fernandez both left on weird kind of technical issues. Yeah. Or Paul, did Paul wreck it? No. I know Ralph, Ralph Fernandez pulled it in. I don't remember about Paul. Bender and Fernandez both pulled in on weird technical issues. Bashanini and Bagnaya wrecked out and had injuries. Bagnaya with his crazy high side and then setting up a jump for the red bull which that could have been what messed up the brad's bike so maybe <laughs> this is gonna sound real bad but i don't know these people personally so i can say what i want maybe Bagnaya is lucky that he put himself <laughs> in front of brad bender when he wrecked because it messed up brad bender's bike enough that he had to drop out of the race yeah see if he could have just extended his hands out and got martin on the way by also then yeah <laughs> would have been golden i mean so there could be some truth behind that. Not that he's lucky that he did that, but that running over a leg messed up. I mean, with how many electronics are on there about all this, that, and whatever else. I will say the also back to the commentators latching onto one thing. They were cracking me up because they gave Alicia Spargro and Prilia so much credit, uh, which credit where credit's due, sure, they did it without the two factory Ducatis there, specifically without Bagnaya there. And Jorge Martin was only 2.8 seconds behind the lead. By the end of it, now granted that maybe they slowed down the last lap. That always happens, stuff like that. Whatever, I got that. Right. But uh, it was just funny how much they were talking up Alash and how much he's put into this program and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, what? Like maybe? But so, what did you think about the celebration? I was laughing when they were talking about how technically you have to return to the pits on the bike that you left on. I was like, watch him take it away. <laughs> yeah, all no this way. celebration. No that way I would have the... done that. MotoGP needs that just as bad as Aprilia. <laughs> So it was cool, I guess. I I think I get what they were trying to do, but it was also really weird. But what do you what do you think they were trying to do? I'm putting you on the spot a little I bit. I think 
I think Aleish was trying to say, like, hey, both we're both winners. Aprilia is the winner. We're both Spaniards. This is Spain. Aprilia finally did it. We did it. We're a team. Let's swap bikes and, and go through and give Aprilia a sweet picture of both the riders on both the bikes doing something cool. Yep. I, I agree. I just didn't know if I had missed something, but I thought it was a cool celebration. Yeah, no, I, it was it was sweet. I, I actually gained a little bit of respect for, for Aleish there because it looked like it was probably his idea. But he, I don't think Maverick knew what the crap he was talking about because he like pulled up and he's like, you know, and they're trying to yell through the helmets over these freaking GP bikes, which I don't know if you know, but they're they're loud. Um, so they're and required then, to be loud. And then he just gets off out of nowhere in the middle of the track, and Maverick's kind of looking at him like, "What?" And all the other guys, like all the like uh, corner worker guys, are running over there like, "What's going on? Do we need to hold the bike? Like, what's going on?" And then they swap bikes and. But yeah, it was cool. They were gonna run to the fence or something together. I thought they were yeah. trying to get the guys to hold the bike so they could. Did you? What cracked me up was Mark Marquez over in front of his fan section. I mean, props to him for giving the fans, you know, like, yeah, you know, whatever. I, I love it. That's awesome. That's better than most riders do when they have a bad race. So at least he's still engaging with the fans and doing that. I will give him props for it, but it was kind of funny that they like took time off of this like obvious, crazy, emotional celebration that's going on to be like, oh, yeah, look at Mark. He's celebrating in his 15th place or whatever it was. What's so. even funnier than that? I got to say it since you said it what's funnier yeah. than that to me is that that was mark standing on the thing the mm -hmm. bleachers are is the marquez fan zone the bleachers are all 93 they're all orange red whatever and you got yeah. alex standing down on the ground and the announcers see alex there and then they're like this is the marquez brothers corner like, yeah no, then there ain't but no Marquez family right? corner marquez family corner i think yeah. is what they said i was like <laughs> there's not a single okay whatever yeah i didn't see any grassini anything up there <laughs> yeah i don't know we'll see uh alex marquez has been holding his own this season i think uh oh, i don't fine. think he's i don't think he's championship material champion material necessarily but also his first year on a ducati so you can give him that whatever he's but definitely he's been doing his own. more on the ducati than he did on the honda yeah yeah which the latest uh rumor i heard is that mark's gonna go take that grassini spot next year and i thought he was taking the aprilia Oh, well, that's weird. Someone else said he's going to a KTM. <laughs> now, maybe he'll go take the Yamaha spot since they're doing amazing. I think the only reason he hasn't signed with somebody else yet is because everybody's waiting to see what Joe Amir is going to do. But they both have two-year contracts. I'm just joking. Nobody cares what Joe Amir is doing. They're not. Neither of them are going anywhere. That's my prediction. Um, I almost guarantee I think Mark ain't going anywhere. I think you have to wait for this next test. If Honda shows up with a dud, yeah. If Honda shows sure. up with the same bike, Mark's gonna go, hmm. And I think that might be why some of those bikes are sitting empty still. Because everyone's waiting to see what actually that's a good yeah, point. I'll give you that. So Jake Dixon mm -hmm. in Moto Two announced that he's staying in Moto Two. Tony Arbolino okay. announced that he's staying in Moto Two. So okay. the only one you have coming up is Acosta. And there's open bikes, but they're only Ducatis. Another interesting thing. Did you notice, not to go all the way back, but that first corner crash, mm -hmm. that took six Ducatis out. Yeah, and it was only Ducatis. Yeah, well, after Bagnaya crashed, it made six. Yeah. Six of eight were crashed in that, so. But because of the red flag from Bagnaya, maybe that was, that's what it was. The factory Ducati saw all the other Ducatis out and said, no, 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 we can't have this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, all right, well, hey, you know what? Uh, that's actually pretty good. Throw in the comments your predictions for who's going where next year. Let us know what you think. Uh, we'll say specifically with where Acosta's going to end up. 
and where Mark's going to end up because the rest of it, I think we've all got some pretty good ideas and it's less questionable. Uh, but where those two will end up for next year and uh, also, I don't know, standby for Mizano test next weekend should be a good race. Uh, where are we at? Where are we at? Not India. Nope. San Marino. Mizano. Yeah, weird. That is so weird. So they have Grand Premio Red Bull di San Marino e della Riviera di Rimini. And then they have this blue and white flag, and it says Mizano World Circuit Marco Simoncelli. Then, the next day, a Monday, Mizano MotoGP official test, an Italian flag, Mizano World Circuit Marco Simoncelli. I don't know. All right, so we got a race coming up next week. We got testing coming up next week. Yep, 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 stand by. It'll be a great time. And we got new bike in the stable. We're going to put some sprockets on some things. You should, too. Check out the... Check out the tire review, tire warmer review, Vortex tire warmers. It'll be up here. Maybe pretty late, <laughs> but it'll be up here. Uh, and then like, subscribe, don't smash, and let's let these people go. Yeah, all right. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. See you later.